Welcome to another edition of the In The Paint Show presented by Ball Is Life, episode 156. We're deep in the playoffs. I'm here with my man, Horace Naismith and Ani Umana, co-host, going to talk about our various uh, power states in Georgia and Texas. We're in the last week of the high school season, and we're going to talk about some various topics that mainly hit on the high school scene. But I guess, fellas, I just want to see how you guys are doing. We're obviously going to talk about some of these bigger NBA things that, that are out there. How's it going? It's all going well, man. Just uh... It's that time of year, the, the, the end of the high school season, the yes. start of March Madness. Uh, it's a beautiful time. A lot of competitive games out there, I'm sure, in Texas, as in, as is in California and all across yeah. the country. So yeah. if you're a basketball head, it's the perfect time. No doubt. No doubt. March Madness is here. How about you, Lon? Yeah, man, it's been it's, – it's great. It's a great time, you know, playoff basketball, championship basketball. So you're getting kids giving it their all, right, and I hold them yeah. back. Um, you know, we got, like Corey said, like we're closing down one season, getting to another. We're talking about the spring, you know, a lot of chatter on the spring and summer and uh, just March Madness. I don't know, it's just a good time. Like March is just a beautiful time for basketball. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, Ani, we'll get into some of the younger guys you may have seen and we'll, we'll talk about some younger guys. Horace got on his radar. But I guess we're talking about madness. We got to talk about this madness, this off-court madness in the NBA a little bit, man. It's just every day, every week seems like some. You know, uh, some people think John Moran could be the face of the NBA. I say no because he's playing for the Memphis Grizzlies. He ain't never going to be the face of the NBA. But right. but maybe, you know, he, he is one of those players that is in that mix. But if he keeps having these off-court issues or, or things that come up, you know, he may he will, we'll see what happens. But I guess there's an Instagram photo that shows him in a club in Denver, you know, on a road game. And, you know, he shows a gun. And people see it on Instagram live. And then first people are saying, well, you know, there's, did he, did he break any gun law? Where did he get the gun from? He's on the road. So, and it's just kind of trickled from there. Like first it was like, the, and the Grizzlies said they suspended him for two games, but now we're hearing more things and it, it may be longer. So Ani, what get your reaction to that? And just kind of like, you know, obviously he's a great young, talented player. And eventually these off court distractions are going to become a distraction if they're not right. yet already. Yeah, I mean, you just wish John Moran was just smarter, right? Like, it was his own Instagram live, <laughs> and he was waving a gun in the beginning, you know? It just – it doesn't make any sense. Just got just got to be smarter. You're making millions. You're the face of a team. You're one of the uh, uh, premier players in the NBA. Uh, not the face of the NBA, but one of the premier players in the NBA. So why are you waving a gun around in, in, in the club, you know, yeah. on your Instagram live? You know, it just – he got to be smarter. And I think all the immature actions, I mean, this is kind of just takes the cake. You kind of see, I saw this coming at some point. I was like, okay, he keeps us up and, yeah. you know, just thinks, oh, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Like you're going to, you're going to keep taking another level. And then now here you are. He, he just got to, he just got to be smarter. He doesn't have to do all that. <laughs> right. Like he never had to wave a gun on his Instagram live. It's not like someone was filming him and he had it. It was on your own platform. So right, that's, that, that's where it just, it just is disappointing. He just got, he got to be smarter. Like he got to choose what he wants to do. Gotcha. I'm a, I'm a, I don't know the young man. Neither one of us do. I just, but He's an exceptional talent, right? Sure. And he has got to get the right people around him. Yeah. I'm sure 
a lot of the stars in the NBA have type of, types of dudes around them that help protect them, right? They don't elevate situations, right? They try to de-escalate situations, right? Sure. And I don't think he's got those right people around him because the stuff he's getting into so like trivial so uh, you know it's 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 so like why like it's right. unnecessary right so the guy that's next to you that's supposed to be your guy the guy that should say hey man don't do that those guys aren't doing that those guys are that are around him aren't the right people for him and i'm hoping at some point in time he understands that if they can't come around and do those right things for him they're not the right people for him sure yeah that makes sense um you know, you hear the Grizzlies are going to suspend them two games, or that's already happened. So maybe, like you said, he can reflect a little bit, say, you know, maybe I need to change some things. But then bigger issues is people are saying, well, this is a road game. Did he bring that gun onto the plane? Did he get the gun in Denver? Now that involves something else because now you're you're talking about league rules and then you may be even talking about Colorado law, you know. So right. we hear about that. Now, now we're saying it could be an up to, like, there's pretty strict rules about uh, firearms and stuff on 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 jets or or private planes or NBA rules. Again, these may not be laws of states, but now we're talking about potentially 50 games. At the end of the day, what, what do you guys think is going to happen in terms of like how long he's going to sit out, or just is this going to become a huge issue, or is, there, is he going to be able to you know uh, get past it, change a little bit, and get back on the court? Well, I'm a take a stand type of guy, so I think the NBA has to take a stand. I don't think because if they don't, yeah. that leads to the next guy and the next mm-hmm. guy, and the next guy. So I think they have to take a stand, a hard stand, whatever that number is, 10, 20, 50 games, whatever right. the number is. I don't know what's the right number. They would know. But they have to take a stand to help prevent this from happening, happening again, because if they don't, I don't know what it is with the culture. It's like this is the lines are being blurred between these guys that are making millions yeah. and I want to be on the street. You know, I don't really I don't really get it. I, I saw a, a post that John Morant made about this has always been me. This will always be me, blah, blah, blah. I'm like making millions of dollars. You don't need to do any of this. Hey, that. <laughs> None of that. Right. So I think they have to take a stand in order to nip in a bud what the future may look like if they don't take a stand. Got yeah, I, I agree. They, you know, Carmelo uh, did an interview and he talked about how when he talked to David Stern, he's like, do you, do you want me to be in the league or not? And he said, I got, you know, basically he has to make an example out of him. And I think this is going to be the same thing with Ja. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be 50 games. I think it's going to be less than that. I think he will get past it at some point. Uh, but he's going to be made an example out of, he just, he's got to be smarter. And like Horace said, got to have better people around him. Just got to figure out what he wants to do. That's that's why I, I'm, I say it. Like, you got to figure out what you want to do. Do you want to be a basketball player or, you know, do you want to – or is that – or you want you want to be perceived as a gangster or whatever. Like, you don't – at the end of the day, it's like when people talk about rapping, you're either a rapper or you're a gangster. You can't do both. You see guys that are getting <laughs> in jail and stuff like that. Like, same thing. It's like, John, just figure out which one you want to be. Yeah. Well, it's just similar to, like, in the high school scene or even in a little bit in the college scene, not as much anymore, but when I was younger in LA, you know, there were some guys that were, there were ball players that were real gangsters and, but they didn't have to say nothing. They didn't yeah. have to say, they didn't say nothing. That was the whole point. They just did it and lived it. And some of them played college and 
they got through that. You know, college was a good experience for them, and others obviously didn't make it. But right. yeah, it's a little different. You you get on social media, it's almost like blur reality. You know, what's reality anymore? You know, the, back then that was real. You know, I even wrote a story one time for ESPN. I was it was the twentieth year of the of the riots, LA riots, which was two thousand twelve. That was twenty years later. Now it's thirty years later, thirty one years later, and, and and a player talks about, yeah, man, I was taking my heat everywhere I went at the time, but he didn't proclaim it. Nobody, some, right. some of his teammates knew, and and that's just what he did because right. he felt he had to do it, but nobody knew, you know, and it, he just moved forward. And so now it's like we have a situation where the athletes, everybody knows what they're doing, and it, it's almost like that's almost as addictive, as dangerous as some of the stuff they're doing that they have to feel they have to let people know everything. That's, right. that's a dangerous move. You know, some guys may be plotting on you and say, hey, you know, these guys are at this club. Let, let's go up there and try to start trouble or something. You, you just never know. So, like well, you said, you hopefully know. he changes that around. And, uh, you know, we can we, we don't want to spend too much time on it, but we're going to see that. And like you said, the Grizzlies, I mean, we're getting here close to the playoffs. They don't want him to miss 25 games or something like that. You know, that that's a big blow. And like you said, maybe that, that like Horace said, maybe that's a time he could use to reflect and, and get it on the right track, but uh, we'll keep it moving. Uh, we talk a little bit about Bronny making the McDonald's game. We spend plenty of time on that, uh, Ani, <laughs> yeah. and we wanted to get Horace's reaction a little bit to, you know, he's now in the Nike Hoop Summit. Now LeBron is tweeting that he's watching League Pass and that Bronny's better than a lot of the guys that he's watching. So it's like, oh boy. So that brings out like a lot of reactions real quick. And Horace, I just kind of want to get your take on. The, the national all-star scene, Bronny making the Nike hoop summit. And then, you know, he's still in the playoffs, which we'll talk about a little later and, and kind of these comments a little bit, you know, brings out a lot of reaction and a lot of people. Well, you know, like I mentioned the last time we were on the show that I was on the show, yeah. um, you know, I think uh, uh, Bronny is this better than what given credit for and not as good as what his support is given credit for. Right. Sure. Somewhere, somewhere in between. Um, as far as LeBron, I just, like we said prior to this call, is I don't really understand the need to put your foot on the gas in relations to your son being an NBA player. If he's an NBA player, he's an NBA player. Right. You know, if, if, if Ani's an NBA player, I don't have to keep telling people, Ani, you're an NBA player. It's like, you guys have been there. You've seen it, right? You've yeah. been in a gym where a guy tells you, come see Ronnie Flores play, man. He's one of the yeah. best guards I've ever seen. Yeah, and you show up to the gym and you're watching Ronnie Flores play. Ronnie Flores looks like a Division two player, right? Like I look right now, like a Division II. <laughs> and then the guy's trying to stand there and tell you, man, I'm telling you, yo, yeah. he's he's high major, man. This kid's got a pro chance. I'm like, wait a second, I'm yeah. watching him play right now, right? Yeah. Forget about points. I'm not even talking about stats. I'm talking about the kid. I'm watching him. He's not that good. Now, I'm not saying that about Bronny son being not that good. All I'm saying is you don't need to put your foot on that gas right. if he's what he is, yeah. right? Some things don't have to be said, right? Yeah. And if you got to keep pushing it, you're selling it. You're selling me. You're selling the rest of the world. Yeah. And I don't think you have to if you feel truly that your son is where he needs to be. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, that was just crazy. I, I I was I had to read the tweet a couple times because I couldn't believe that he said that. Right? Um, I know that's his son and everything. People say, "Oh, that's his son. He wants to support his son." But it's this now we're just kind of getting to the point where it's just like, okay, <laughs> like you're just putting unwanted pressure on on him, and 
It just does. It just doesn't make sense. Let Bronny prove. First off, shout out to Bronny for making it to the finals. Least here came into the finals. You yeah. know, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. but you know, let let the kid play. Like let him earn all this. People saying things and doing that, and LeBron doing that. It it now takes away from. To me, I feel like people don't even really know how what what type of player Bronny is. They're just like people are just saying this and saying that and people are arguing this and arguing that. And we're not even really watching Bronny play. We can't even like experience him playing basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's not even the talk about his play. It just say, Oh, he's better than some of the players NBA players on league pass, or he's a top 10 draft pick. But at any point guys, as people talk to, like, I just don't think we're really talking about the basketball player. I just think we're just talking about these I ain't gonna lie, some crazy claims people are making about him. You know, like let's let's just enjoy him playing basketball. And sure. then if he earns being a top 10 pick, if he is that like horse said, let him show it. But just keep making saying this type of stuff. I mean, usually stuff like this generally doesn't pan out right. You know, gotcha. and that's that's where I that's where I'm at. Like we've seen this before and it doesn't end well. Yeah, man. So Sierra Canyon, as we mentioned in the last show, we were talking a little bit about it. They went 0-3 in the sectional pool play, bounced back to the state. They're in Division One, which is the second-highest division, and they've, they've been winning. Bronny had a good week, as you said. Ani had a 21-point game, led his team to a couple wins. They beat Etiwanda. Um, They are now in the regional finals. We shoot this is Tuesday, so the game will be Tuesday evening. Mm-hmm. It'll be um, – Sierra Canyon traveling to Notre Dame at, at Calabasas High School. And they, they've lost to Notre Dame with Caleb Foster and Dusty Stromer three times already. So we'll see if Ronnie gets them over the hump. You know, all it takes is that one win. But, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. But before we segment into the GSA, uh, GHSA playoffs, Horace, uh, speaking of good players, underclass players, we, we, you know, we know the NBA Players Association Top 100 camp is, is uh, coming up. We wanted to kind of let people know about that. You're involved, Horace, obviously with the with the committee, and and that is going to be June 26th to 30th. And you also got a, a underclass All American game coming up. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? This is our sixth year, um, uh, Ronnie. Ani um, started off in 2016. Had a two year hiatus, obviously with COVID, and uh, the event has been. A springboard to a lot of players that were unknown. I always tell people it's funny, funny story. One of the coaches in the very first game I did coached Zion Williamson in that game. So fast forward about three, four years later, his son tells him, I remember when Zion played in the underclassman All-American game and the coach is saying, no, he didn't. Well, yes, he did. And I had to send him the picture of Zion <laughs> in uniform at the game, he's like, I don't remember this kid. He actually had a good game too. So it's, it's been a it's been a great event. Uh, the game benefits diabetes. I'm a type two diabetic, and that's the road I decided to go down uh, to try to highlight some of these kids. Kind of operated in the space that no one really was operating in in terms of a game, not in terms of a camp, but in terms of a game. And it's been highly successful. So this year we expect the same level of of talent, um, and I'm excited about it. Gotcha. And it's on on March 26th at Maynard Jackson High School. First game started at 11 a.m., three games. That's the eighth grade game, the Rising Stars. Then we'll have a select game and then the classic game featuring the top freshmen and sophomores in the country. Gotcha. 
appreciate that. That's sort of the input. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think uh, you've had, like you said, some some terrific talent. Uh, some guys who went down there. I know you you inquire. Uh, give us a name or two that you expect to play in the game. Uh, got Jason Crow. Let's talk about Cali kids. You got Jason Crow mm-hmm. uh, playing. Um, we had talked about uh, uh, Tunde Yesufu. Yep. Uh, also uh, playing in the game. Giovanni Ruff, West Coast kid. Um, we got East Coast kids. Got Manny Green, who's one of the kids playing in the Georgia High School State Championships. Freshman who I told you earlier is probably top 50 with top 25 talent. Mm-hmm. Um, Great. We have, uh, gosh, just the level of talent is equal to probably any year that I've had. Um, and that included the year that I had Chet Holmgren, Paula Bancaro, Keontae George, KJ Adams, Harrison Ingram, KD Davidson, Michael Foster, Paula Bancaro, all in the same game. Wow. Uh, so I think this year I'm excited about it. And um, I just look forward to seeing the young kids play. Most I've seen, some I, I, I didn't. I'm really excited about watching this eighth grade kid who, um, this is no exaggeration, he's a 6'11 small forward. <laughs> and he's not a he's not a wannabe <laughs> small forward. That's what he is. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited about seeing him. I've seen, I've watched him on video. He's a kid from Florida, James Rivera. I'm excited about seeing him play. Yeah, uh, we're excited about, you know, hearing about it and seeing some of those kids play as well. Obviously, you mentioned Jason Crow. He's another kid who's still live in the regional. He's in a lower division, Division mm-hmm. 5. Jason Crow is now top five single season all-time scoring in California. He's this kid. <laughs> wow. points. Uh, Horace, I went to a 60-point game that he had. Wow. You know, so, wow. I mean, he had one, and I kind of picked it because I said, okay, he's they're blowing out a lot of guys. I need to go to the best league opponent they have because he'll stay in for a long time. You know, he won't be pulled. Man, he had a 60-point game. So. That's crazy. He's scoring. You know, obviously his father played collegiate ball at American University and at Cal State Northridge. So Jason Crow Sr., who played high school ball with Paul Pierce. And, yeah, he's the head coach at Linwood High School. So the fans down south will, will uh, like to watch Jay Crow. Uh, Horace, you know you got a lot of things to do. You got a lot on your plate, so you're gonna have to get going here soon. So let's jump right into GHSA playoffs, the state of Georgia. Uh, you mentioned some of the underclass players in that Sandy Creek Cedar Grove game. That's a 3A final. Tell us a little bit about the 2A and 3A final in, in the lower divisions. Sandy Creek versus Cedar Grove and Providence Christian versus Augusta Westlake. Well, you got um, with Cedar Grove, Sandy Creek. Sandy Creek has a junior that's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, Michael Smith, probably a, a top 100 type talent, yeah. about six, seven, six, eight kid, athletic, mm-hmm. great motor. Uh, he's the catalyst for that team. They, they're as good as he is. Um, I expect Sandy Creek to win the game. Uh, that would be my prognosis. But the freshman Manny Green is, is special. He's a six five guard, and he can really get at it. And uh, so I, I look for that to be a good game, but I look at Sandy Creek coming out on top. Gotcha. You know, Westside and Providence, that's the interesting game in that most people hadn't seen them play. <laughs> and when I say most people, Providence Christian is a small school uh, here in Gwinnett County over in Lilburn, and not a school that produces much talent. Sure. Um, they've never gotten this far in the uh, playoffs as far as I can remember, um, but they've had a great season. Uh, West Side Augusta's had a great season, you know, so it'll be interesting. That game is a game probably has a lower profile than all the other games. 
I will probably put Charlton County, Wilkinson County uh, in that category as well with 2A. Um, but a good game nonetheless. The game, to me, there's no surprises. I think we talked about this uh, earlier, uh, Ronnie. There's no surprises in any of the teams getting to where they've gotten to, except for Cherokee. Gotcha. Um, we've been waiting for the Norcross Wheel of Finals since they played in the finals, I guess, in 2005, I believe, back when Jody Meeks played or whatever. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen it since and we thought this year was the year and of course <laughs> that didn't happen <laughs> yeah Cherokee upset uh Norcross in the semifinals uh Cherokee is a team that you know Will hasn't walked over them I mean they played them twice they beat them by nine beat them by 13 you know okay. so it'll be interesting to see if they can contain their shooters that's a big thing for Wheeler and then, of course, you got Isaiah Collier on that wheel side with Arrington Page, and yeah. that's a kind of formidable duo right there. So no doubt. that would be an interesting matchup only because this is the third time, and you know how hard it is to beat a team three times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Notre Dame is going to maybe have that issue with Sierra Canyon, you know, fourth yeah. game here coming up real fast. But, yeah, that, uh, you know, obviously Wheeler's been nationally ranked pretty much the whole year. They're up to 33 in the Fab 50. You know, they actually took – a loss to Sierra Canyon out in California. They, you know, they play some tough teams. I'm a tip Columbus, Paul, the six, those, those John Marshall, they played. So, you know, does the, can the third time be a charm uh, for Cherokee or, do, or does Wheeler just have a little too much firepower on paper? Wheeler should win the game. Sure. We all know what paper is real. You could tear paper up real easily. Right. Sure. Um, you know, so it, it on paper, they should win the game. They're deep. They're talented. Uh, they got a, a, a national player of the year in Isaiah yeah. Collier. Yeah. I, you know, so I think it's a it's a game that they should win. I'm more interested in the Eagles landing Kell game. I think that's going to be a great game. Yeah. I think that game is is evenly matched, two tough teams. Um, I mean, Kell, I mean, Eagles landing, I'm sorry, only losses to Dutchtown all year. Uh, they got one loss. I think Kell has two losses. One of which is overtime to Grayson, who was a seven A powerhouse. Yes. You know, so it'll be a, it'll be a that that's the game to me as a basketball guy. That's the game that I think is going to be a really good game. And then, of course, you know, Pace Academy. I think Charmin White is going for like his twentieth championship. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of championships. Shout out to our guy Charmin. Yeah. <laughs> he got upset in the regionals uh, by Lovett uh, and, and the kid Christian Anderson, who was committed to Michigan. Uh, I think he put like 40 on them in that game, but they they recovered and now they're back in familiar grounds uh, in the yeah. championship game. So that'll be interesting. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, going back to that Cal Eagles landing game, you know, I happened to see Cal at the Tarkanian. So I saw one of their two losses. Like you said, they lost to Grayson. They lost to West Ranch, who ended up winning that tournament. And now West Ranch has been knocked out of the of the state. So now it's it's. Horace, in your opinion, is Kel and or Eagles landing the winner of that game? Is that like close to a nationally ranked team, or do you think they're a kind of step be, right a step below that? I think they're a nationally ranked team, the winner of that for sure. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Both teams have been good for the last two years. Yeah. Uh, Eagles landing actually has probably been good for the last three years. You know, yeah. David Thomas, uh, you know, he's their, he's their catalyst, uh, tough senior point guard, kind of got that New York kind of swag to him. That's where his pops is from. Sure. Um, you know, so I think they're they're nationally uh, recognizable uh, team in terms yeah. of what they've done over the last couple of years and what they've done this year. Gotcha. 
makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, that's uh, and the games are some of them are the eighth, right? A couple games are on the ninth and all the way through the eleventh. That's uh, they're not all in the same day. No, what, what, no, they cannot. Is that because they have them at different sites? Why is it? Why don't they try to go all in one venue? Is that uh, how it's always been? You know what? Well, I think part of it is because they they don't do like Tennessee does. Uh, as an example, they'll do girls one day, boys the next day. Yeah. Well, in Georgia, they mix them up. They'll have sure. girls and boys the same day. So you got mm-hmm. gosh, there is eight divisions in Georgia. Too much for one day. Yeah, yeah it's a lot, man. Yeah. And you know, single A has two. They got single A yeah. public, single A private, oh, and then they got two A all the way up to seven A. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a part of it. The very last game will be on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and I think everything game. starts on Wednesday. Yeah. So it, it rolls out, and when we do that, sometimes in California state finals this weekend. Obviously, Tuesday night will be the regional final, and then the state finals are at Golden One Center where the Sacramento Kings play. Like you said, Horace, we go girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy. Yeah. So it gives me time to do some writing and, and, and get it knocked out, you know. Don't get me started with California. I cannot figure out their process <laughs> at all, man. Yeah. We <laughs> talked about that last week. Don't try to figure it out. Just know that there's two games left. Jay Crow has up to two games left, and Bronny has potentially up to two games left. And you, you mentioned Wheeler, and Ani said this last week. He says, I – I think if Wheeler wins a state title, he does good at McDonald's, Jordan, et cetera, that he could be our national player of the year. He, I Absolutely. believe he's already won the, the Naismith. That's and correct. our voting, uh, Horace, which which you've been part of, Cam Boozer was first place, barely by two points over Isaiah, and DJ Wagner was third, Ronald Holland fourth, Justin Edwards. Fifth. I wanted to get your quick take on that. And, and Cam Boozer and them just won the state title in 7-8 in Florida. And obviously Isaiah's going for it. And, you know, Horsey, uh, Ali mentioned that he's really excited because McDonald's, especially with the brawny factor, like those practices and stuff are actually going to mean something this year because it's not a set in stone class. So I wanted to get your real quick opinion on that before we let you go. Well, I think uh, Collier has, particularly if they win the championship, I think he's really put himself in the catbird seat to be player of the year. Yeah. You know, I'm a body work guy. His sure. body of work over four years, to me, warrants him being the national player of the year, uh, definitely if he wins the state championship. Yeah. Boozer's had a great year. He's yeah. sophomore. Guess what? Young fella, you got time. We'll <laughs> wait on you for next year. Uh, yeah. I don't want – that shouldn't be part of the equation. Yeah. But, I mean, when Collier's done what he's done, he's already won one, yeah. won another, and have the year he's had, I'd say uh, he, he's, he's, he's my number one guy. Got you. Got you. So we appreciate it, Horace. You know, we are. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for we know you got to go. You got to run. Uh, me and I will close out the show. But thank you for your input again. Uh, your game's on the 26th, correct? Your underclass. Twenty-six. Maynard Jackson, underclassman, All-American. Yeah. Hoops for diabetes. Come on. Check it out. Yep. Hey, by the way, all kids 14 and under are free. 14 and under free. That's yeah. great. Appreciate yep. it. And Georgia fans. Fans in the South, please hope you can make that game and uh, support a great cause. So appreciate it, Horace. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Horace. All right, bye-bye. So, yeah, uh, Adi, you know, he, he that's a great game he's had now. Like, you know, time's going by, 2016, eight or nine years. Right. And he had some good players in there. I, remember being, I know people, he's going to be excited to see Jay Crow down there. You know, Jay Crow, too. Uh, boy, that boy is averaging well, he's a, lot a bucket. Of points. <laughs> he's a lot of points. I mean, you know, we, we'll jump to him, but like, uh, yeah, that's 
man, he, he I, that 60 point game, I was like, oh boy, you know, and, and Brandon Martinson from modern day had a great freshman year too out in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of freshmen, let's jump into that. You went to the Gasso grassroots event, like, and, mm-hmm. and let's talk about 226s. Is, is there any 226 alive in UIL or is not really a big freshman right now making a big impact? That's a good question. Uh, let me look here. <laughs> well, we got uh, let's see the matchups we got. Well, well, for, yeah, you got two more games left where Georgia just got one game left, right? Well, Colleen, El- oh, Colleen Ellison with Jojo McIver, um, uh, 226, about 6'2 guard, uh, very talented. He plays like this tertiary and fourth scoring role for them, but uh, he has a chance to be a high major guard. Uh, there's a lot of tools. Long arms, uh, just very, just can impact the game in other ways. So JoJo McCarr for Clean Ellison. Clean Ellison's hot right now. Uh, yeah. That game against Mansfield Summit uh, yeah. in five in the semis, and then uh, probably going to see Kimball in the finals. It, they're 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 a side to see, but JoJo McIver, people may not really see it as much, you know, in San Antonio this week. Yeah. But I, I think he has a chance to be a high major guard. So we got jo- we got JoJo. Let's go here. Summon, not really Kimball. No. Faye family. Uh, they have a kid named Winston. Uh, he's he's been their backup guard. Uh, yeah. he's done a, he's done a good job. Like he's just been very solid. I think he'll become a division one prospect. But on a team like Faye Family, who's been the Fab 50 for, you know, uh, majority of the season, and he's been playing a role, a role like that is coming off the bench and just playing solid minutes. And you know, Faye Family actually had two guards that were um ruled ineligible by UIL. So I don't even think the kid even realized how many minutes he was going to get this year. I think he's just like, okay, I'm going to come and be on JV, uh, figure things out. So Winston's done a he's done a good job for Faith family. They're projected to win again. Uh we'll talk more about UIL playoffs uh yeah. in a little bit. But yeah, I would say those two for sure just kind of stand out as a freshman playing a bigger role on a team that has got to San Antonio and going to need to play a fairly big role for them to win it all. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, you know, obviously we talked about Jason Crow. They're in division five. There's five divisions plus the open. So six divisions in California, like you said, for, for you and horse, it's a little confusing to follow. Again, this is, we're shooting this on a Tuesday. The, the, the regional finals are Tuesday evening at various sites. Um, you know, he, Crow with 33 points in his last game win over Southgate, which is right. <laughs> in and, and that's where I grew up in that area. I, you know, I grew up in Southgate. I didn't go to high school there. He has 1,219 points. So he passed Jared Lucas, who was at Oregon State. He passed Leon Wood, who played on the 84 Olympic team and played in the NBA and has been his NBA ref. And he passed the late winners, Patterson, who was a great scorer from San Francisco Balboa about 25 years ago and on he died in a tragic accident he, he, he in a pickup game he, on a concrete floor you know on a on a on a on an asphalt blacktop he hit his head and in, in in he perished so winners patterson shout out to him he was a great high school player but yeah so the guys in front of crow are like tracy murray tony clark you know two nba players uh an mlb player and and another guy who played for his father so it's like he's getting into rare company and just as far as a straight scoring, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's in rare company. He's a freshman. That's what's yeah. <laughs> that's what we're like. We're, yes. we're not talking about overclassmen. We're talking about a freshman. I mean, you said you're gonna watch the kids score 60 in the game, and yeah. he's in the you know, he's surpassing this as a freshman, 1200 points. 
I mean, yeah. yo, that's he's a bucket. He's a bucket. And you give give us some credit. You know, again, that's not the highest level we're gonna see, but you know, he he's gonna, you know, we're gonna be you're gonna probably want to watch him obviously this this uh spring and summer. So oh absolutely uh, that that that's something to keep an eye on and, and hopefully he makes it down to Horace's game and has a good showing. So let's go over these matchups in UIL, which is again in San Antonio this weekend upcoming, which is the 10th and 11th. Uh, obviously, I believe the semifinals on Friday and the finals are on Saturday. Is that accurate? So, yeah. So, yeah, the semifinals uh, is Thursday, Friday. Yeah, and the finals, all the finals will be Saturday. So uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know much about 1A to 3A because yeah. that's uh, a little yeah. country. No offense to them. It's good basketball. Like, when I go out there and watch them, I always find the kid. But I have no idea about, like, hooks or lipping yeah. or Hitchcock or Childress. I, I have no idea. Wow. So um, our primary focus is going to be on the 4A, 4A, 5A, and 6A. And so on, thir- on Thursday, you got 5A, which uh, the first matchup is going to be uh, Kimball versus San Antonio Veterans Memorial, who Veterans Memorial's had a good season. Um, Kimball is projected to win that. You know, they've just been clicking, you know, even the regional semis and finals beating a Red Oak, which I was surprised they beat Red Oak that battle by 20-plus. Yeah. And then uh, being Lancaster and having a whole a, a good lead for majority of the game, Tijon Brown, Jabbar, uh, the kid RJ who transferred from a, a private school out in Cedar Hill, uh, Dick Cannonwick where going to uh, uh, UIW. They just got a lot of pieces, <laughs> and they just been really rolling. Brock Holland, you know, Timberview. I mean, uh, Kimball plays fast. They get after it. They're very loose. Nick Smith lets his players play very loose and very uh, just get them going offensively. And so all he demands for them is just to play defense. And then offensively, they can do what they got to do. So I think that blend right there just made Kimball very successful. And no one thought Kimball would get here again. You know, last two years with uh, uh, All-American and, uh, and a high major guard like Chauncey Gibson and Arterio Morris, they thought, okay, if you don't win a championship with this group, you're not going to win it no more, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So, and, um, you know, Nick's – his job came into question after last year, you wow. know, especially with the, uh, you know, the situation on the bus uh, last year. So, I mean, was, Nick, Nick's gone through a lot of things. Just want to give a shout-out to him for him to lead this team again uh, yeah. for a third consecutive season here, and they have a really good chance of winning. You know, talking to him, you see – it's. I've seen that he's learned a lot uh, yeah. from his experience, and he's more prepared. He's got the boys prepared. So um, Kimball and San Antonio Venice Memorial will be the first one uh, for that 5A. And then at 8.30 on Thursday, you have Clean Elson and Mansfield Summit. And that one's just going to be a fun one. Uh, both teams, they it's defense is their calling card. Uh, Clean Ellison really held a Fort Ben Marshall team in check in the regional finals and really made Jalen Lowe a uh, pick commit just really have to take tough shots. Yeah. They get after like, you know, people know about Jamari Keller who's going to Oklahoma state. They have an unsigned senior named uh, Dion Ware, who just picked up an offer from uh, old dominion. They have um, Jojo McIver, the freshman who I talked about, and they yeah. just, just mean, <laughs> just mean yeah. and play hard and athletic as hell. And then Mansfield summit is just the same way. There's no, some is out of the three teams I really talk about. And obviously Ben's moral, they don't have that you know, who's your go-to guy, whatever. They just have like five or six guys that can just really play. <laughs> uh, yeah. You got a kid, Frank Diamu, uh, who's a guard. 
Guy has some D2 stuff, but he's talented. He's he's grown. He's about 6'5 now, can shoot it and score it. They just have – they just – you got two teams that basically play the same. Mean, athletic, play hard, and defense is their calling card. Like, yeah. they're just going – so I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a 40 to 35 game, <laughs> you know, uh, just one of those low-scoring games because both teams are just ready to play against each other. And yeah. then – when you got when you talk about four A, they actually play on Friday, so that would be the afternoon. Uh, you got Oak Cliff Fay Family and Canyon Red Randall. Don't know much about uh, Canyon Randall, but uh, Fay Family just loaded. They had a scare kind of against uh, Dallas Carter in the regional finals. Yeah. Carter was actually up on them at halftime, uh, but Jaden Toppin, the New Mexico commit. I mean, I, again, I say this, he's really good. New Mexico got a really good one there. <laughs> uh, I mean, that kid is one of the He's one of the most under the radar players in the country. Uh, oh, yeah, just pogo stick bounce lefty. You can't stop him going off that right shoulder and get to that left hand hook and finishing plays above the rim, rebounds his ass off. Yeah, he's he's just really good. And they got Doran on Um, they have uh, Isaac Williams. I mean, they're just loaded. Uh, Jazz Henderson, they're just really good. <laughs> like, yeah, they're just a good team, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, and then been like we talked about in the Fab Fifty for a minute, and then you got uh, Champion Bernie, and then Houston uh, Booker T Washington. Uh, that's gonna be a good one. Bernie's always kind of makes it <laughs> uh, this far each year, and they have a solid discipline group. Booker T Washington, I think, is the team that can really challenge uh, Faith Family in the, in the championship, and I project them to to win this game. Uh, when you talk about with. Um, with Booker T. Washington, hold on. We got Chris McDermott, who's a junior, about six, yeah. six, seven, athletic, just plays hard, gets after it. I like to see a matchup of him guarding Jaden Toppin because they just that they play that hard. Uh, Prairie View commit Kenneth Lewis, who's um, who's a wing, about six, seven, can shoot it, athletic, scores it, and they just oh, they have other pieces. They can match up better with a Faith family with as far as size, as far as athleticism. Um, and neither of them, like as good as Faith Family is, they aren't that deep, right? Like they only play about seven guys, really. And Booker T is going to be the same thing. I just think Faith Family from one through five is better than Booker T, but yeah. Booker T can match, can guard Faith Family. And I think that's just the hardest thing wow. is guarding Faith Family for four quarters, which was hard for Carter. I, that's what the, that's how Faith Family kind of just got after it. But um, be interested to see the guard play for. Booker T against a team like Faith. Um, and I'll just, I just, that finals would be interesting. Like, I, I have Faith family winning it all, but I think Booker T can give them a real challenge for four quarters. Yeah, that's going to be a hell of a game if they both advance. Sounds like they will. We, you know, our guy, uh, Jamie Hicks, has been talking about Booker T. He's <laughs> like, hey, go watch out for Booker T. You know, I've been seeing his tweets and they can play with them. Again, uh, you know, if you, if you, when you look at Booker T, I guess, uh, I don't know if you saw the, the game, Ani, but uh, if you when you go back to Beaumont United, they're, they're rolling at thirty-five and one, and they're in six eight. That was their one loss. Where was Boston. that loss at? And you know, do we know anything about that loss or how did how they? Yeah, got that was like Beaumont United's first or second game. I know it was out in Houston, and I wasn't there, but Booker T put it at them, gave it to them pretty good. Like, yeah. uh, I think the score was fairly still fairly close, but Booker T just had the just controlled the pace and everything. I think they just kind of got at 
I think Beaumont and I was kind of shocked yeah. <laughs> how Booker T was playing. Like, if I if they had to play that game again, it would still be fair. Was, I think it would still be decently close, but I think Beaumont will pull ahead. I just it was early in the season. Sure. Beaumont kind of came in, you know, kind of underestimated them, and uh, Booker T just, you know, they, they clocked him. They clocked him. So that, but again, it's like when you talk about Chris McDermott and Kenneth Lewis, those are two guys in your front court that can match up with any front court in the state of Texas. So that's a, that's just a tough group. You got you get in their guard play solid. So yeah, that's what happened there. Yeah, uh, and again, if we run those down again. We're, we're, that was uh, in the in the six A uh, Beaumont United with just that one loss is playing in the semifinal uh, Vince Brandon and then Lake Highlands. Now, even higher in the Fab 50, Beaumont's 13, Lake Highlands 8 against DeSoto. But going back to 4A, uh, we mentioned Oak Cliff, Fake Family, and Dallas Carter. And I had Oak Cliff ahead of Dallas Carter. I think the TABC had Dallas Carter ahead of them the whole time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let me, just, let me just wait on that and see how it goes. I didn't realize they were going to play in the regional final. So, you know, this week, uh, obviously, Oak Cliff has to move up a little bit. On the court, they're twenty nine and three. Uh, they one of their losses to Link. Uh, the other losses are at the Tarkanian. Uh, they obviously have a forfeit loss, so they would actually be thirty and three, probably in the record book. Um, but yeah, they beat Dallas Carter, uh, who just stays at thirty eight for now. The reason why is because Kimball. Uh, if you look at Kimball in at number forty in the five A semifinal, they they beat them. They lost. They they beat. Uh, Kimball, Dallas Carter mm-hmm. in overtime, yeah. and then uh, they also the other losses to Wheeler, who we talked about with 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 Horace. So uh, they have a really, you know, good record overall, Kimball. But for now, you know, obviously, Faith Family is going to want to see Kimball win while they win. In other words, <laughs> it would look good if Kimball wins, yeah, because that Dallas Carter win will mean a little bit more in case, like, if Kimball were to get upset. In, in losing the semifinal to veterans, then it'd be like, okay, maybe Dallas Carter went that good. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. What and, and happened yeah. in that regional final game? Like, what, what? How did how did Faith kind of pull ahead? You you mentioned they were down. Did they just kind of wear them down, or was it just too much Jaden Toppin? Just that front court play, that yeah, Jaden yeah. Toppin. It was just yeah. that front court play was just a lot. Um, yeah. He he just they did a good job holding Faith to twenty four points, and yeah. I think Faith. You know, just gave, gave more of a heavy dose of Jaden Toppin, <laughs> and but when that when that gets going, it's just tough. And then he gets yeah. on the offensive glass, and yeah. he starts putting it above the rim, yeah. and then you know, once that once he gets going, it just it's hard to stop. Like, yeah, he's one of the few big men I know. You know, you see guards scored in bunches, yeah. and Jaden's just a big man that scores it in bunches. And then once he gets going, it just you feel a little helpless because you're not blocking the hook, especially when he rises up. Yeah. He's just blocking your. He's blocking everything. He's run the floor like a gazelle, and yeah. boy, just he he can be a lot. Yeah, and and the reason why, you know, again, I've seen them the four games, so I, I know they're a very good team. Uh, again, I'm not wasn't really sure how good Dallas Carter was, but um, you know, Horace talked about Kel and Eagles landing in that state mm-hmm. final in Georgia. And that would be in 5A. And, and the reason why Cal's not ranked right now is they took a, like I said, they took a loss to West Ranch, who's now done. So those teams can still pop in. Again, I'm not really sure if if Carter in the coming weeks can stay at 38. You know, again, mm-hmm. they lost by 
what, 12 or 13 faith family. Mm -hmm. But it's going to depend on the other results. Again, it's not over till it's completely over, so other people can win and lose. I think eventually they're going to drop. Maybe Kimball surpasses them. Maybe Kimball, if they win state title, deserves to be ranked higher than them. Again, just so happens Carter's in the same region. Yeah, and Carter, and we'll hurt Carter, too, that lost to Pinkston. Um, yeah. Yeah, the in the in district, I, that that was uh yeah, for Kingston, but losing them in district did hurt them. Yeah, correct. So they they may drop again. They lost to Beaumont United, they lost to Kingston, they lost to North Crowley. So those those the loss to North Crowley and Kingston may may come back to bite them in the yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day. Again, it's not over yet. So we have the new Fab Fifty. Go check it out on BallsLife.com. Uh, we got three new teams this week: Saint Edward of uh, Lakewood, Ohio jumps back in. They got as high as 40 before. Um, so they're back in at 45. They've lost to Division Four Richmond Heights. Richmond Heights is rolling in Ohio. They're 25 and other up to 39, one spot ahead of Kimball. Okay. And then the two new teams is Durango out in Vegas. We talked mm -hmm. about them winning the state title and Corner Canyon, who's a state champion in Utah. And uh, Durango had beat Liberty with D. Don Thomas, that group, Three out of four times, and and that's one of Corner Canyon's losses, is uh to to Liberty. Mm -hmm. So you know Corner Canyon only has two losses, and and one of them was to Liberty, and the others to Beaumont United. Corner Canyon lost to uh, to Beaumont United in Utah, and so that's a really good that ended up really being a really good resume. You know, just losing to those two games. But the reason why Notre Dame is not ranked, Notre Dame in California, who's playing Brawny in them this evening on a Tuesday night as we shoot this pod 156 is that uh, they lost the corner Canyon. So corner Canyon comes in 50 and Liberty comes in at 49. So in essence, Notre Dame would be like 51, 52 in that range. And we'll see what happens again. You got to knock off Sierra Canyon for the fourth time. Right. You know, so, so basically my point is that the rankings are not done yet. Even though some teams are done, the rankings are not done depending on who you win and lose to. Like you said, every win counts. Like you remember, so you're saying Pinkston lost, like that's that's something that sticks in your mind. Like, okay, that's not a good loss, you know. What I mean? yeah. <laughs> you don't want to drop that on a national level. You can't really drop just random games, you know. There's right. too, too many good teams, too many teams with one loss or no losses. So we'll see how that goes. Let's jump into the big the big game, the big games of the weekend at the Alamo Dome would be the, the Beaumont United versus Brandon and Lake Highlands versus DeSoto in the other semifinal. Talk a little bit about those two. Top 15 teams, Lake Highlands is number eight, and Beaumont United's 13. And again, yeah, man. Yeah, like, you know, we talked about it. I talked about it earlier. I projected yeah. Beaumont United and uh, Lake Highlands to see each yeah. other in the finals. And, uh, yeah. you know, Lake Highlands, they handled uh, Byron Nelson pretty good um, yeah. in the regional finals. Trey Johnson, I mean, golly. <laughs> I mean, he's really, really good. Just the scoring. You know, people say he takes tough shots, but sure. I don't think they're tough shots. At 6'6", six, six, and he yeah. rises up and like knowing your no one's blocking shot. I don't think it's a tough shot. He just yeah. he just is really good. Samson Alaton, the big fella's going to uh, Yale's been really good on especially on the offensive glass. Uh, Quinn Perkins been really good. He's a guard that's been getting some unsigned seniors getting some low major looks. And then Jalen Washington is one of the shiftiest guards and a top tier guard in twenty four in Texas who committed to UNT. So you, I mean, they're loaded. Lake Highlands loaded. Uh, it's hard to stop him offensively <laughs> because at the end of the day, I can just give it to Trey Johnson or I can let Jalen Washington rock out. I mean, they're just, they're just very lethal on the offensive end. 
Um, Beaumont United just they just got a good blend. You know, when you talk about Porsche, you talk about Wesley Ace, who's just a just a stone cold killer at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. uh, and then and then you got um the guard I forgot his name, or who, who makes shots. I mean, they're, they're like Beaumont United is like five, six, like just really, really strong. And your seven, yeah. eight, and nine guys can hold their own. And that's just what makes them good. But they just got to blend on that offensive defensive end. And when you got to do like Wesley that you can go to late or you can go to just the to make things happen. And he's been there before. You know, he's a playoff vet. He's a cha- the two-time champion at the end of the day. So um, I see those two just seeing each other in the finals. And, oh, I, I got Lake Highlands winning it. <laughs> I got Lake Highlands winning it. It's going to be a one-two possession game. And that's crazy for me to say that, especially yeah. Beaumont United just being there before and being there twice and winning twice. But yeah. I think Lake Highlands, I just think then they trade Johnson's the best player. And uh, and Alamo Dome, and I just when he gets going, it just I've seen him just go on scoring runs that just deplete teams. Wow, you know, like and and I've seen it kind Wesley kind of do that, but not to the level that Trey does, and that's why Trey's number one player in the country. He's not taking anything away from Wes, uh, but I I got Lake Collins taking it's like a two point win. Wow, but you know, San Antonio Brandon, I've talked about their young core in uh, yeah. Arkham Ball's life. You know, uh, Kingston Fleming's been leading it, he had 31 or 33 points in regional finals versus San Marcos. He's wow. a 2025. We talked about how loaded that 25 is, yeah. he doesn't really get talked about, and he's a high major prospect. Uh, DeSoto is a good uh, story. Uh, Coach Bacon kind of came in, they were really ba- they weren't very good at all, and now he's got them to the uh, to the final four. But, um, you know, people talk about – I heard some like, man, if Duncanville was here, you know, some of this yeah. would happen. But <laughs> hey, that's why other people get opportunities. When, right. when you don't get the opportunity, somebody steps in. You know what I mean? Exactly. And that's my point is that yeah. they took the opportunity <laughs> and they're here because there's a lot of teams that could have taken that same opportunity. But yeah. teams like DeSoto are yeah. here. And, you know, a shout out, shout out to Coach Bacon and them. Yeah. You know, I think he just got – want to say 700 win or something like that this season. So he's been here a long time and he's led the Soto group that uh, they don't have like a no brainer division one guy. They just got a lot of workhorses. So, wow. You know, that's like sometimes it's a good team and maybe they'll, they'll uh, keep it really close against Lake Highlands. Uh, yeah. You know, we had uh, Trey Johnson on our preseason show. That seems like, man, that's just that like, years ago. It seems like it was, that's years ago. And now he's, you know, he kind of was like, hey, we're, we're ready. We're, we're going to step up. We're going to play good D team defense. And he wasn't lying. You know, they, so they come in at number eight in the Fab 50. Uh, this week they move up a spot. Um, obviously, Paul the Six took a loss on Monday, last Monday, meaning eight days ago in the yeah. oh, West Catholic, uh, Washington Catholic Athletic Conference final to St. John's. St. John's is a team that came out West and, and won Torrey Pines. So they won that league title. Shout out to Coach Behan. Uh, we talked about that. So they drop a little bit and Sidwell Friends comes up uh, all the way to 15. Sidwell Friends ended up winning, winning the D.C. Uh, Conference League. And, you know, they knocked off uh, they knocked off a team that had knocked off St. Uh, John's later in the week. So, yeah, St. John's had that Monday win. And that's a huge win. Then they come back and play in the D.C. League. And then, you know, sometimes that, that that's hard to win back-to-back. So they got knocked off in the semifinals against Jackson Reed. And then Sidwell Friends knocked them off. So you can read all about that on the 
fat latest fat 50 on ballslife.com like you said it's it's pretty interesting when the the main difference between uh uil and california now cif is that uil still has great teams in each division of the top three divisions that you you were talking about right. which is 6a 5a and 4a there's a two nationally ranked teams in, in 6a that can meet in the finals and there's a nationally ranked team in each of those divisions uh 5a kimball and 4a faith family well we don't have that in california no more because everybody gets moved up to the open division so they all knock each other out right, <laughs> right. so you know uh centennial uh Ruled in their s- s- regional semifinal win, Centennial Corona, which is uh, rolling in. They haven't lost in California. Mm-hmm. They're up to number seven, one spot ahead of Lake Highland. So their their main common opponent is Duncanville. Both of them yeah, have lost. Them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they both and they both were what one possession games or did mm-hmm. they kind of lose by two possessions, one or two possessions? It's like one or two possessions at most. Yeah, same thing with Centennial. They had a chance to win that game at the Field House on the last possession. So. Duncanville's kind of been the standard for a lot of teams. They've knocked out a lot of teams in this in this range, you know, of, of, right. of uh, ranked teams. So Duncanville comes in at number four, and and they might just stay around that. I mean, they have no more games left to to obviously move up or down too much. So, uh, you know, that's the main difference between uh, California is now the open division is so premier. It, it, it knocks out the lower divisions. And, but it gives teams an opportunity on it. You mentioned that with DeSoto. It gives other teams an opportunity to kind of like, okay, we can win a lower state championship. May not be no. the open, but it's still very good. So Centennial's at home against Harvard Westlake, who bounced back from that loss to St. John Bosco to kind of beat them this, this time. So Harvard Westlake's up to 21 and they're rising. Uh, you know, again, they got the split with St. John Bosco. That game will be at Centennial. It's not at a big neutral site because it's on a Tuesday. Okay. And then up up north, it's the uh, guy that Horace talked about, Tundi Yusuf, at St. Joe's is playing Modesto Christian. So if Modesto Christian wins and Centennial wins, it'll just be a rematch of last year's state final. You know, our guy B.J. Davis going to San Diego State is having a great playoff. Uh, they got Jalen Brown, Prince Osea. So for Bryce Fantasia's group, they're stepping up. They're not quite nationally ranked right now. They, they took some losses earlier, but they really turned it around. Uh, and again, not not against him, knock on him specifically or individually, but when Jamari Phillips left to Arizona Compass, that team just got closer. They just yeah, got yeah. more locked in, and they they were having a tough time of it at the beginning. But once when once he made the move to Compass, they've kind of stepped up and they kind of got closer as a unit. And sometimes that happens, Ani. You know, uh, right? You know that happens at all levels of basketball, college, NBA. So that will be two good games. That again is, and then the winner will play Saturday night at the Golden One Center. Uh, in Division One, I, I guess we got to talk about it a little bit. Uh, Sherman Oaks, Notre Dame, which is in the same league as Harvard Westlake, who mm-hmm. they lost to, and the same league as Sierra Canyon, which they beat three times. So Sierra Canyon's kind of bounced back. Our guy Bronny's had some good games, you know, and they're winning without Isaiah Ehan Lima and without Justin Pippen. So I think to Horace's point, Bronny might be a little better than we're. Some are giving credit for, but he's probably not like better than the guys on League Pass. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so you know, so, give him some credit. They're playing pretty good. Playing good. Yeah, but, yeah. They're 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 doing a good job. Again, that's without Isaiah Ehelim, who when people see him on TV, usually the comments on Twitter are, "He's the best player on the team." <laughs> yeah, that's the best, that's the best player. 
<laughs> that's, that's, that, that's the best player. Now, and to, but to Bronny's credit, like, yeah. we talked about him having, you know, building his resume up. Like, he's – his play, like, I was like, okay, like, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, you know, that – yeah. Let let that talk, you yeah, know. Let that talk. Them three wins this week, past week were good, and we got a big one tonight that we'll be following. Obviously, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be uh, watching the Centennial game, but people are going to be uh, following that. And it, it let you said let that do the talking a little bit, especially if they get that win over Notre Dame, which has two great players, and they have a good team, and they they played a really tough schedule. Notre Dame, you know, they they yeah. have ten losses overall, but they're very good. But it's very interesting. Wheeler, you got uh, Christ the King in New York. These are some of the teams that Sierra Canyon is beat. You right. know, so it's not like Sierra Canyon won those games. So it's not like they can't, they're not capable. And it's well, very they, interesting because the fans in, in Sacramento, Ani, at the state finals, they haven't had a chance to watch Bronny uh, make it there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in last year they got bumped off, which was the first year back. In, and then in 2021, there was no state finals. Right. COVID. And in 2020, they won this regional game like they're, that they're playing in tonight. Uh, Zaire Williams, who's now in the NBA, uh, hit a jump shot at the elbow jump shot to beat Etiwan at the buzzer. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was supposed to be their first, you know, that was going to be Bronny's freshman year. And that would that would be his a trip to state. So he hasn't made it to state. So. Uh, Paul Gasol, let me ask you this: Paul Gasol is getting his jersey retired. Is, is LeBron going to be over there with Paul, or is he going to be watching Bronny? Go watch his son. <laughs> Go watch his son. You're gonna see. You're gonna see. You're gonna see LeBron in his boot watching his son play. Oh, very interesting. Very interesting. He, he, so yeah, uh, in the Division One final up north, again, this is the regional finals tonight. Is uh. Salesian is playing Granada. Two good teams. Mm-hmm. Salesian uh, has a lot of good players. Uh, Austin Johnson, they got a really good point guard to transfer in from Hawaii. Uh, he's playing good. Uh, Granada is part of the toughest league in the Northern California. Uh, the EBAL, which was terrific this year. They didn't win the league title. That went to Doherty Valley, who was in the open. Doherty Valley got bumped off by St. Joseph's, where Tunday plays. Mm-hmm. And I got to give a shout out to Julius Price too. He's a two twenty six at at uh at St. Joe's, who's in the Open North, and and he's had a great season. Two twenty six. He has some international experience. He's going to be a player to watch, and I'm sure Horace is going to want to watch him down the line, and and, and you as well at camps and things like that. Two twenty six point guard Julius Price. He had a really great game in the regional semifinals. So yeah, back in jumping back to that D one Granada which is in that tough league, EBAL, East Bay Athletic League. You know, they got uh, Andrew McKeever, seven-footer, big man. And they got uh, Tyler Harris, who actually played at Salesian last year, and he's about 6'7", forward, uh, D1 prospect. One of the few remaining D1 guys that teams are really looking at and should be looking at Mm -hmm. instead of looking at that portal. Like, he's one of the (laughs) – there's really not that many guys left in California that that are going to go before a portal guy. There's just like maybe really? six or seven. Mm-hmm. You don't count him, Bronny, and a few others I can name offhand. Tyler same Rolson. Here. Yeah, like, same how, here. How, how many like how many guys in UAL seniors are gonna get a look in these last couple games? You know, is there any? Yeah, you're probably gonna have maybe yeah. Dion Ware. Yeah. I mean it's 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 slim pickings. Quinn Perkins, you're talking about maybe yeah, three. 
three or three. four. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. And again, yeah. that's just the nature of the business. Again, we always on this spot tell seniors, you know, oh, keep your options open. Watch NAIA games. Watch D2 games. Watch, you know, uh, lower lower division games because there's it may be where you're going in the junior college, international junior college, Tyler, JC, we, you know, San Jack. Yeah, I'm going to Region 14 after this pod. I'm going to the Region 14 conference. <laughs> yeah, tell us a little bit about the uh, Texas JUCOs right now. What what what's the landscape and is there a great team or a great player? Yeah, so in Region 14 right now, you got Panola and Trinity yeah. Valley that they have a bye. Uh, yeah. Panola's are kind of turning it around. Uh, yeah, their first year coach has done a really good job with them, and then uh, yeah, Panola and uh, Trinity Valley's been really good this year. Navarro's been Navarro and Tyler Junior College been okay. Uh, but the landscape is kind of shifted. It's always been like, is, I wouldn't say shit too much. Is Panola just being as good as they are this season? It's a little bit of a, uh, it's different. But, you know, like your traditional powerhouses like Trinity, uh, uh, Tyler Jr. College, Navarro, they're kind of down. Uh, Kilgore has been solid, had a really good group. Just hasn't put it all together, but it's just solid. But uh, the landscape is just, you know, they're they're even asking about, transfers like what type of players they need to be recruiting and stuff and those coaches have kind of had to figure out how they're going to recruit going forward um which is creating more like there's not just one team dominating the league or this team like it just is it's going to be someone different every year it's kind of what it's looking like now uh compared to the past you know like tyler or kilgore this team was going to make it we're going to get a buyer this down the third or Trinity Valley Navarro. Like it, it could be Coastal Bend, it could be <laughs> Paris, it can be you know, it's 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 it's, it's I feel like it's more wider this year. Uh, Got it. Got than anything. It. So yeah, it's just I'm gonna go watch the first day, um, and just you know those guys, you know they they're really getting after. It. They're battling for Division One scholarship just like our high school guys are. So you oh, know yeah. you, you're gonna yeah. see a lot of Division One coaches there and. Yeah, it, it just it's a, it's a it's an interesting time just to see how the JUCO recruiting gets to Division One level, how the JUCO coaches recruit high school kids, and just watching like which teams are actually really good now compared to in the past. You know who would really be on top of Region Fourteen? No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, and California has its own separate junior college system from the rest of the NJCAA. Mm -hmm. Obviously, for many years, and I believe it's still the same. Like the teams have to play and go to Hutchinson, Kansas, for the nationals yeah california has its own system of junior colleges um, so there's so many and a lot of great players come out here so they have the california state championships looks like the favorite up in the northern region is san francisco city college which has been very good in the southern region is um fullerton jc which okay. is coached by uh perry webster our guy perry webster who, who a former player at mission viejo and and, and devin up and our guy is, is is on his staff so oh, uh... yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, uh, so it's it's very interesting that uh, that happened, and uh, yeah, they, they're a good team. You know what I mean? And they got Sean Newman. You talk about he's a D one guard. I've told a few schools that are pretty high level about Sean Newman over at at, at Fullerton, and and they're actually taking a look at him because, yeah, like yeah. they said, Ani, they're not they're, that kid can help them now. Like they absolutely. need help now, not some of these. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, there's no big guys. learning curve with yeah yeah and, and and he's getting coached up well by 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 perry and his in his group up there so we'll see how that those those state finals take place at the same time as uh you know those finals take place at the same time as 
as uh, the state California state title. So this, oh, wow. a college coach may sneak over there on Friday. And then again, it's in the middle of like Las Vegas. I believe it's, 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 it's Lamore college or somewhere in the middle of Northern. Then they got to shoot up to Arco if they can make it. So you got to choose wisely because you can only watch, like you said, there's not only so many available guys and then you got to figure, can I, do I have more chance at this junior college guys? Can I go find a diamond in the rough or get right. one of the guys off the top teams? Or do I go to the high school? And, and see again. And then if you're a college coach, like Horace said, certain states are all girls and all boys. If, if from the college perspective, I want to watch four or five boys, you know, games in a Absolutely. row. There's no need for them to go third. Half the thing is girls. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't. That's just we're talking about recruiting now. We're not. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not fans. good uh, value yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah. We're not talking about the fans. We're talking about college coaches. So it's just difficult because you got. What are you going to do in those hours that the girls are playing? You know, you got to make phone calls or do some work or get do something because you can't you can't be resting now. So, uh, you know, we appreciate everybody tuning in. We wanted to give a shout out to uh, you know, the Retro Room and some of the other podcasts. And we're, we hope to get a few more podcasts maybe in the works. Ani, to join the network, we, we, we can use it. We can use people subscribing. Hit the like button. Please. There, you know, uh, we've had a. You know, a couple of these are going to be crazy weeks. We're going to be busy. I guess next week we'll talk about March Madness. You know, we got the conference tournaments. I'll probably go to a, a day or so, of the Pac-12 here in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, then I'll shoot up to Sacramento for the state championships. And then we'll have a quick report. Obviously, everybody will know about what happens. Again, and the big game is Saturday night, open division. And uh, we'll, we'll by that Saturday, we'll have a lot of conference championships in college done. And then the selection Sunday, and we'll come back. Probably early, early Tuesday, maybe Monday. Uh, you know, we, we got to knock it out because it's going to yeah. start right away. And then, then we got the first round of the tournament. Then we'll be off and running to uh, the grassroots season already. Uh, anything else you you notice across the country, Ani, or, or in any other state or anything else you're looking forward to? No, you know, I'm actually really just out. Crow was just so interesting to me. Just like I ain't going to lie. Like, I just want to see how he's going to do uh Stay and just in in the summer ball, just seeing guy put up numbers like that. I'm just like, okay, I, I have to see this kid. Like, I've seen this kid just keep putting 30, regardless, people can say whatever about the comp. Like, it is it is hard to score 30, 40, 60. I don't care. So for him, he's been one. I'm like, okay, I gotta see him. Like, I got I gotta see him in the in the spring and summer. But other than that, you know, I'm just I'm interested to see just how um everything's gonna pan out in the summer, in the spring and summer. You know uh, how these teams are just going to formulate who's yeah. like who's going to stand out again. The twenty four class is kind of like the twenty three class. It's not yeah. right now projected to be a great class, but like who's going to come out of nowhere or come out burst up on the scene or whatever? How does that class? You know, we'll get a clear look at them. You know, yeah, by right. June. So that's just my whole thing is I want to have a better feel of this class. Yeah, um, and that that's just me. But how about you? Yeah, I'm looking forward to. Uh, seeing the Scholastic a little bit, uh, I'll be able to watch. In California, is going live now. Cali Live, Boys Cali mm-hmm. Live 23 is in the first weekend. So that's the June 16th through 18th weekend. Then the following weekend, still Section 7 out in Arizona, which will some of the California teams will be there again, maybe 35 of them. And then that's what TABC will be live. Yeah. And is that in Dallas? Uh, mm-hmm. And that's June 20. That would be 20. It had to be 23rd to 25th. Correct. Correct. That weekend. Um, so that, that I'm looking forward to that. Like I said, I like seeing teams in the scholastic setting. I want to see 
like you said, what teams end up where as far as the grassroots setting, you know, who's going to end up a Nike, who's going to end up at yeah. Adidas. That's always interesting. Honestly, we're going to see some jumping after the first weekend. I mean, <laughs> people are not going to be happy with their situations. Right. Uh, but we still got a lot, about a month left of high school because we got the Geico. state championship invitation in Geico. State championship invitation in is, is one week after that. So that would be April. Um, 6th through 8th uh that should take place i believe in the dmv region you know that that that's coming back for its second year okay. and to be honest honest we we talked to paragon about that last year that, that was just getting off its the ground mm-hmm. it, it you know didn't get a lot of buzz probably but maybe this year will be a little bit more they've added two states that are eligible new jersey we talked about new jersey ending their um tu tournament of champions so roselle catholic won uh the non-public b and that's probably the best team if they do choose a new jersey team for that event that would be the team it would be roselle catholic with our guy simon wiltshire and mm-hmm. uh mckenzie mcboo i don't know if i'm saying that Mbaco, right Mbaco, yeah, yeah. yeah two good you know that they're a good team they're a state champs so if that event is april 6th through 8th so we still got about a month left of the fab 50 on we got about five weeks left so it just keeps going <laughs> You know, some other states are going to be finishing in a couple of weeks. Indiana, a uh, bunch. You know, some are done, but some are still rolling. But after, uh, you know, we, we we took a look at three big states. So we'll we'll get a lot of clearer picture after this week. Ronnie, it's like when people say the season's closing, it's closing. Like for you, it just keeps going. It's like it's like it feels like another month that just gets added for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, correct. You know, the Fat 50 keeps going. We got to take every result. So mm-hmm. there's going to be more. Uh, Another end of season event that I believe is what we'll be talking about next week. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, you know, our our, our guy, uh, we're going to get our guy Darren Duncan to talk a little bit about that. He's kind of spearheading that event, and that should be in Atlanta at Mm -hmm. HBCU. Again, we'll get more details and whom that's going to entail, which teams that's going to entail. But again, so we got two and three end of the season events. That Geico and State Championship Invitation, again, that's the uh, weekend after. So I, I would think, Ani, would. Florida being part of the state championship invitational Calvary Christian rolled to that last year with our guy who's now was at Montverde this year. Um, you would think Columbus is going to get invited, you know, right. you know, with, with the boozers get again, maybe they're to create more buzz again. It, all events need time to create buzz. You know what I mean? It, right, it, right. It, it, and, and you got to find the right weekend. I know some people kind of criticized the weekend last year was, it was uh, saying, hey, why are you going through the live period? But this year is a little different. Um, so six through eight. Uh, so the last game of the season, as far as I know right now, again, something else is, is April 8th. You know, and we'll come back on that Monday, April 10th, and put out the final rankings. And then we'll officially be done. And then we'll be getting into the summer, like we talked about, NBA Players Camp, Pangos Camp. You'll see Crosa in one of these places. And then uh, – you know, then we'll we'll get ready uh, after the live uh, TABC and and California and Section Seven. We got to get ready for the draft. I know our girl Chelsea, who's deep in her playoffs in Israel. She's uh, looking forward to that. I know you'll be looking forward to that because again, honey, for next year we gotta we're gonna be talking about Vic and Scoot a lot and maybe a few other guys. Right. We're going to have a lot of information on that. But the thing is, like you said, some more guys got to merge from this NBA draft. Or maybe Ronnie is going to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some more guys are going to have to merge. Because like you said, we got Trey, who's been a guest on our – Trey Johnson been a guest. We got our guy Ian Jackson, who 
quite honestly, Frank having a good season, but he's not having a knockoff season like, wow. Right. And their right. team isn't either. And there might be a few other guys that are not really wowing it like Trey is, right? So who's going to emerge, you know? Yeah, like I know Dylan Harper's, you know, he's kind of came along. Like you said, yeah, you know, Tom just, Bosco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah, we need to see more. I mean, we're talking about two guys. <laughs> we, we definitely need to see more, and we will. So we appreciate you guys. We're I think we're gonna wrap it about up for this episode. Uh, again, the season is rolling along. Thank you for uh, listening in. Thank you for tuning in on YouTube. Again, go like that Ball is Like uh, podcast network page uh, for Horace Naismith, Chelsea Hopkins, and Ani Umana. We're gonna get out of here, guys. Yeah.